0: Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we sit down with our pastor, Eric Zellner, and discuss how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back to Conversations. Um, We are back this week, just Eric and I. Um we are uh done with the uh worship series that we were doing And so we're going to do a new series now. Um still under the conversations heading but it's going to be talking about our core values that we have as a church early on in the church um on it was actually pr- they were printed on our bulletin they were called the distinctives but really they're our core values they do make us distinct from um maybe other churches or other organizations, but um, they're really truly our core values as a church. And so you actually can find them on our website um, if you just go to Christ Pres um, Church Auburn.org. Christ Pres If you go to who we are um, and then you go to core values, this is actually what it is. So there's eight of them. So we're going to be doing another four part series. Um, we're going to be doing to each one's, um, just quickly, if you don't have them in front of them, in front of you, uh, it's biblical expository preaching, biblical worship, biblical theology, biblical holiness, biblical evangelism, church, church planting, and missions, biblical discipleship, bib- biblical wisdom, and biblical community. So, um, tonight we're just gonna be talking about biblical expository preaching and biblical worship in more in depth. But Eric, I would love for you to kind of talk about where these kind of came about. Why did we do core
1: values? Everything sure. like that. Yeah, that's a great question. The we actually, you know, when you when you decide you're going to plant a church in this denomination, I think it's important to to think in terms of not just uh, you don't want to plant a church with a negative vision. You don't want to go, okay, well, well we're not going to be like so and so church down the road, or or we're not going to be like whatever um, bad experience we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to begin with a positive direction. So here's who we're really going to be, and that we uh, initially, Wayne Alderman, and um, and we had a, a temporary session that was put in place by the Presbytery, and Wayne was one of the elders on that temporary session. So he, went out, he and I were working through this and, and thinking about what the denomination and the Presbytery had asked to do in planting mm-hmm. this church. What did they want a church in Auburn to, to look like? And then a part of that was being able to to put it in terms that could be um, easily easily understood as well as uh, easily grabbed onto, mm-hmm. and so it, while it was a mouthful for you to have to read, I mean everyone begins <laughs> with the phrase biblical, cool. biblical, biblical, yeah. biblical. What we're trying to do is recognize that all of the things that we're describing here are actually rooted in Scripture, mm-hmm. um, and so as uh, in our old bulletins, we used to say our mission is to proclaim Christ and make disciples of the greater Auburn community, including the students, faculty, and staff of Auburn University. We pursue this call by proclaiming the gospel to the Auburn community, seeking to grow the followers of Christ through the means of grace, and working closely with RUF, uh, Reformed University Fellowship, and other willing campus ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we said, with this purpose in mind, the church embodies these distinctives. And we changed the the phrase from uh, distinctives to core values, because it didn't, didn't want to insinuate that there are not other churches, like we're the only ones who've ever thought of having expository preaching, or we're the only ones that ever thought of uh, what worship should look like. So by way of saying these are our core values, we're basically saying from the very earliest days, this is what we've kind of rooted our church on. This is what we desire this church to look like. So let me say this personally. One of the reasons that I think this is important for our church is that this isn't really just Eric's vision mm-hmm. for what this church should be. It's really a vision for what the, the denomination and the presbytery intended it to be. Mm. And what Wayne and I were doing was putting on paper an explanation of that in the context of Auburn um, and what we hoped that we might uh, strive towards. And so we'll, we'll just kind of begin with the biblical expository preaching, we, we say there, a church that believes in preaching sequentially—another um, mm-hmm. way to say it is is systematically—through the books of the Bible, carefully explaining, illustrating, and applying the text to the congregation. And I, I always talk about this in the inquirer's class. For all those who go through the new members class, It's we're basically saying that uh, we, we hold a very high view of preaching, mm-hmm. but not just preaching like a guy has some things to say, <laughs> but really— um, what does the Bible actually say to us? And so we believe that the entire Word of God must be captured, uh, and the way you do that is just by simply sequentially or systematically walking through the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear time and time again from people, when they come to join our church, they will say, I was attracted to the fact that you all just seem to walk through the Bible. and when there's moments in my own human weakness at 49 years old that I go, hmm, can I do this for the rest of my life? Am I tired? Mm-hmm. Um, I often go, well, all I'm really doing is walking through the Bible, yep. and I'm just letting the Bible speak. Mm-hmm. And Josh does the exact same thing; he's cool. working through Colossians, even as I'm working through Mark. And uh, and what we're trying to do this is this is the way we described it: carefully explaining, illustrating, and applying. Uh, the text to the congregation. And so to explain the text is to say, what does this portion of the Scripture actually mean? Like last week, we're in Mark chapter 4. We were dealing with several parables Mm -hmm. there. And it's important to say, what did Jesus mean to his original audience? Mm -hmm. And then moving beyond that, what does that mean for those of us who are reading it today? Uh, How does this apply? Uh, How how, how can we understand its meaning? And a lot of times with explanation, this is why I think you know, it's it's helpful to have seminary training or have some other training when you study for preaching, mm-hmm. uh, because the context of any passage of scripture is really uh, what tells us exactly how we should understand it. Um, a lot of times, where there have been things that have been taken out of context, the explanation is warped by what the person wants it to mean. Yep. Um, and so, we want to begin with what did what did the writer mean. Um, what did God mean through that writer? And then how can we understand that today? So sometimes it requires uh, an explanation of what's going on in people's minds. Yeah. We're talking last week about multiple parables that are very agrarian, right? Mm-hmm. Seed that's sown in the ground and um, and various illustrations like that. And so we talked a little bit about some of the details of that. Illustrating, which I would have to say is probably my uh, weakest <laughs> uh, aspect of my preaching. Illustrating is um, basically taking... Um, pictures or word pictures to help understand what the explanation means. I always think Josh does a really good job with this. Uh, when he preaches, he, he uses illustrations, and he doesn't let the illustration run the whole sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us have been to sermons, we've sat in churches, where we've heard illustrations that you're like, man, I can completely remember that illustration. Mm. And then you go, now what was the point? Yeah. I don't know, but it was a great story, and I remember the great story. Yep. So often, that's, that's what illustrations turn into if we're not mm-hmm. careful. And so, we want illustration to fall in the place between explanation and application. Mm-hmm. Like, we're really here, an illustration has to help prop up or support the explanation uh, to kind of drive it home. And often, when illustrations are done well, that leads us to application. Uh, a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm explaining and applying, explaining and applying. Uh, Josh does this well, I do think, explaining, illustrating, applying. Um, and so that's when we talk about it, uh, biblical expository preaching, that's really what we mean. Mm-hmm. biblical because it's it's what the Bible uh, is teaching mm-hmm. us. One of the things that so before I go to biblical worship, I, I would mention this, one of the reasons that we uh, wrote these particular distinctives in this way, is there's a there's a phrase in the in the PCA's book of church order it simply says the bible is the word of god written it's the only infallible rule of faith and practice mm-hmm. and if you've been at christ press for a little while you will have heard me repeat that in some occasions oftentimes right before I preach or something like that but uh, so I, I say that because all of our core values that are on the website there are either matters of faith like what we believe from the scriptures or practice like how we're going to live that out um and when i say their core values and i you know we recognize there was a little bit of moment where we're calling them distinctives it's because in some contexts they really this would be unique Mm -hmm. from what others are doing not that we're the only ones in the whole world but they they are unique and so biblical expository preaching the second one is biblical worship um and in biblical worship again we're talking about um the practice um the only infallible rule of faith and practice so we believe that that um the scripture the bible actually teaches us how we are to worship mm. our preaching is informed by what god's given us in his word but our i mean in, in, so in, in in a sense our practice of preaching is a biblical practice uh, or we hope it is mm. biblical worship says this a church that loves the forms of liturgy of the historic Reformed tradition and by conviction, desires to see the focus of worship on God. So let me start with the, where that begins: a church that loves the forms of liturgy of the historic Reformed tradition. We recognize we're actually taking our um, liturgy. Or you know, when we you walk in and you've got a bulletin at a church, it's because there's an there's a form of worship that we're following, mm-hmm. and what we're acknowledging. So much of what I care about with these core values is we're actually saying who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody has to look hard to try to figure out what we believe or what we intend to practice in the church. And so a church that loves the forms of liturgy of the historic Reformed tradition is saying, we're taking liturgy and worship and harvesting it from the Protestant Reformation. Mm -hmm. And we believe that many of those forms were taken from the early church, um, and that there's a moment and a season of time, uh, several hundred years in there, which have historically been called the Dark Ages, where the Roman Catholic Church um, morphed some of the original forms of worship, and, and they were twisted and changed okay. into what became the Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say that because we're, we're saying all of our worship uh, distinctives, and I mean, the core values that we care about, we're drawing those from that historic... Mm-hmm. Tradition. So let's uh, let's be clear about what this means. In one sense, this is distinct, yeah. right? I would expect a Baptist church to draw from Baptist traditions. Yeah. I would expect a Pentecostal church to draw from Pentecostal traditions. I would expect a Lutheran church to draw from Lutheran traditions. Problem is that um, in our modern world, where things don't have the name of the tradition in the name. Mm-hmm people are left going, I don't know, we're just a community church, or we're a fellowship church, Mm -hmm. or we're a Bible church, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't actually give us any clarity on what we're walking into. Mm -hmm. So somebody could walk into, um, the the desire is that somebody walks into Christ Presbyterian Church, they they may not know what Presbyterian is, Mm -hmm. but that's at least a marker. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, it's, it's no surprise to anybody that it's actually easier in our context, in our world, not to tell you other people who you are. Right? That's actually <laughs> yeah. far easier, yeah. and and to presume by that that we're well, we're just really a church for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and and while I would hope everybody would hold these same views and want to come and figure out what does Presbyterian mean and that kind of thing, uh, I just think it. Uh, this is me personally. I just think it's a little bit unclear um, when churches do not have some kind of clarity yeah. in their title or their name, or it's yeah. hard to figure out. So when we say this, we're saying we're Presbyterian. That has the that has very clear distinctives. Okay. So as Auburn City, Opelika City, Lee County grows, I knew and we knew, the Presbyterian, the denomination knew, this town is going to grow. And while we want to be about the business of evangelism and sharing the gospel with others, we also want those who are, coming as sincere seekers for yep. a church to know exactly what we are yep. um, and not try to um, hide that at all. So the second part of that, um, having this liturgy that comes from the Reformed tradition, by conviction desires to be the focus of, d- desires to see the focus of worship on God. Um.
0: Yeah, uh, I know you, you and I, one of the things I was going to say was uh, where, if the focus is not on God, you know what? Where, where are other churches who maybe don't hold to the same value, you know, where where do you think their focus could be? How would that would be misinterpreted?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I I suspect if you went anywhere and you said, hey, is y'all's worship focused on God? They would go, yep, <laughs> yep. Would uh, hope so. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you would you would hope they would you would think that um, this is actually in some ways, and I don't think everybody would read this and go, oh, they're speaking very specifically, yeah. but this is actually a very specific way of connecting to the Reformed tradition. Yep because um, what we're acknowledging is that Reformed worship, Biblical worship, has always had as its focus God. Mm-hmm. But this is very particular in contrast to certain, there's a couple movements that, the emerging church movement mm-hmm. of the of the late 90s, the um, emergent church movement of the late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. emerging and emergent, um, those two movements kind of sought the concept of being uh, a church, and I think it was, um, well, it's um, Charles Stanley's son over in Atlanta. Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley, who who used the term a church for the unchurched, right? That was originally what, that was his kind of design. And and they would be of those uh, veins in thinking, hey, we're going to be a church for people who don't go to church um which sounds great except that eventually people are starting to come to church if they're coming to your church <laughs> yeah. so they become sure. so you either have to say our focus is only evangelism and then we got to direct people somewhere else or you actually need to say um we're going to have to have a discipleship arm of this thing yeah. and we're and and so uh by saying a church for the unchurched partly what you're saying is that this is a church that is seeking to accommodate mm-hmm. To those who do not have, um, and
0: maybe a worship more focused on community and being together, belongingness yeah. rather than mm-hmm. maybe the sole focus of worship and coming together is God. Maybe the more focus is coming
1: together itself. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that. I do think that. I think community, mm-hmm. fellowship, uh, even the experience. Yeah, right. That's yeah. And and there's something about the concept of experience, which well, I mean, we we recognize this. I mean, we're a we're an incredibly uh, entertainment-focused mm-hmm. culture, and so what we're actually saying in this biblical worship idea is we're we're actually not seeking human entertainment, mm-hmm. which is a little bit unpopular to yeah. say the least, right? Um, in a world that that sells entertainment, and in in uh, pastors, if you flip on the TV or you look at those churches mm-hmm. that seem to be exploding, they're they're actually selling some form of entertainment. Yep. Otherwise, you'll turn the channel really quickly. Yep. Um, so unless you're, you know, you're deeply moved by the actual scripture itself, uh, my my point here is that um, I'm I, I wouldn't be able to go. Hey, I could tell you this church, this church, this church, and this church, which do not focus their worship on God. Yeah. But I would say that there are markers or distinctives that can often tell us where our focus is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to be honest, you and I every single Sunday are doing battle with our own flesh yeah, to want to worship ourselves, to want to be distracted from the worship of God. All we're saying in this particular core value is that we're going to try to form our worship mm-hmm. so that um, God is the audience of our worship mm-hmm. and we are not the audience. That's yeah. really the heart of what we're saying. Yeah. Who's the audience? And the way that you can discern the audience of the church, mm-hmm. um, particularly in worship is, is uh, whether we're whether the entirety of the church is built on providing services, and I don't mean like worship services; I mean services mm. um, to the community or to the congregation. Mm. It can be both or either, um, mm. or whether or not we actually have a high view of of worship mm. at Christ Pres. I really um, hoped and knew that what the Presbyterian the denomination wanted here was a church that really did put the worship of God as mm-hmm. the central part of, of the church life. Awesome. Um, and so, like, to back to our earlier point, um, these should carry on beyond the first pastor of the church. Mm-hmm. They should carry on beyond me. Um, they should carry on mm-hmm. to every pastor who's ever hired in addition to me or every pastor who's hired after me because these core values are really the essence of what it um, the church was always intended to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, t- you know, I think one of the reasons I wanted us to go through this particular series is because the vast majority of people who go to our church will not have ever seen this mm-hmm. tab yeah. on our website, yeah. and they would not take the time to go read those. But it's important to know, oh, that's exactly who they are. Yep. This is what they care about. Yeah,
0: and I think it's—I was even—I know we have on our website, we have what we believe, mm-hmm. but I love how this is defining— more and more specifically, like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of church websites are going to have what we believe on there. Yeah. And a lot of them are probably going to look the same. Right. But no, when you exactly go right. to this one and you see the core values, I would, I would now, you know, seeing this and kind of growing in my understanding of biblical theology and growing mm-hmm. deeper in that as opposed to a couple of years ago, you know, if I go and I see these core values, I'm like, okay, so I understand this church a lot more. And I, and yeah. I do love that idea that we're not trying to hide anything we're not trying to be anything else we're we're going to be very clear and upfront Mm -hmm. what we are Um, but also that these keep us grounded and they keep us focused I love that this is the beginning of the church and I love that you were saying um, you know the pastor beyond you the pastor that gets hired or whoever it may be like, like they have to Submit within these core values as well. Um, that's right, yeah. And just, because it's good barriers.
1: It is, too. You know, to your point, you, you've you been on a lot of church websites, and so have I, yeah. where what you can really walk away from is go, you go, oh, they believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, yeah. and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe, oh, okay, well, maybe I could go there. Um, and that's that's true. I hope, you know, yeah. that, I hope that's what people believe. But that's that's such a broad tent that yeah. you're not actually explaining much. Yeah. Um, and, and I think this is—our intention always was just to go, let's be transparent. Let's tell people who we are. Um, yeah. And then hope that that, like you said, is not only an anchor for us, but put puts guardrails yeah. about how Absolutely. we do what we do. Absolutely. So hope this is helpful for our folks.
0: Yeah, and uh, next time we'll talk about biblical theology and biblical holiness.
1: So, yeah, those will be more. fun. Uh, those are exciting. I'm looking forward yeah. to talking about those. All right. Thanks, Michael. No problem.
0: See you.